0: Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self Evolution Regardless. So in today's episode we will be talking about something a little bit interesting. Um and it's kind of like another touch on the traits of a narcissist or a borderline or someone who lacks empathy and someone who may be having narcissistic personality disorder with a borderline expression between here and there or even in tiny spices of um, anti-social personality disorder right so um, alright and Today's episode, we will be touching on the perspective of religion, but again, this podcast isn't really a Christian, slash Muslim, slash Jew, you know, conservative, restricted podcast in any way. It's just gonna touch on the traits of a narcissist, but from a religious perspective on this episode. so I was really, really interested by the game Dante's Inferno on the console, PlayStation 3. And I played it, and I finished it, and I have to say, the whole concept of the game, the whole idea, the main themes, the characters, the plot, the setting, everything. It's amazing and so impressive. It's of course uh based on the uh it's not really a novel, I think it's a uh, a huge play. I think it's called The Divine Comedy. I forgot the author. I forgot the author's name. But um originally I played this game because of a such a long time uh sort of like um interest in it and um I played it and I finished in a couple of days cuz I was really really excited with its um you know challenges and everything but the idea is that there are seven deadly sins in um Dante's Inferno when he was stabbed he first had to face the angel of death which was a boss fight in itself of course i died a couple of times before i could actually manage to kill the angel the angel of death and then i well the player Dante started to descend um in hell through circles and stages, and the lower he descends, the closer he gets to Satan, and the lower he descends, the more difficult um, every single sin is. And so, basically, I got really, really inspired by the idea of the game, and I figured, you know what, actually, maybe I can um, talk about the sins here, in a minute um and compare them to the traits of a narcissist because i am not surprised at all to find that almost every single sin that i'm going to be mentioning here in this episode relates a lot to the narcissists that i have known in my life that i'm pretty sure you have known in your life as well but also in general like the whole context the whole idea of narcissistic personality disorder, and also the other personality disorders that we talked about in the DSM-5 Cluster B personality disorders. So basically, you know, this is kind of like a, an umbrella term for most, if not all, of the personality disorders that we talked about before. The delicious cherry on top sins that are going to decorate the beautiful cake of hell, you know, of the, the misdeeds and the ill intention and ill treatment of these people towards others. And surprisingly enough, how there's a specific sin that I'm going to mention later on that I'm going to further elaborate and further talk about which has seven symptoms in itself. So, sort of like seven sins with a sin that has seven symptoms. So, anyway, let's dive in today's episode. Exciting, right? Okay, so for the seven deadly sins, I got the information from DanteInferno.info. Okay, right? pretty much the official website that talks about the game um so the deadly the seven deadly sins are the following lust and by the way this is in the order of the sins that are displayed in the game like according to the order that they are displayed in the game exactly how they oh it is so lust gluttony Greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Let's begin with lust. Number one. Lust is the physical, superficial affection of love. It's only, as a matter of fact, it's temporary. And it most most likely focuses on the temporary short-term pleasures of sex and anything and everything related to sexual desires and fantasies and even actual sex. Whether it be oral or penetration or everything in between or just fetishes or whatever. List here in the context of the game is the obsessive or excessive thoughts or desires of a sexual nature, even adultery, even cheating, even betrayal, even too much sex and sex addiction, even pornography, just excessive masturbation, everything. It's this whole idea of sex and sexual dimension of everything. Now, how does this relate to the narcissist? Essentially, this will be manifested in the love-bombing phase. And the love-bombing phase is famous for its goal to make things move in too fast. Now. Now. Everything is now, 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 now. Okay? And part of it is the quickness of wanting to have sex at the very early stages. Not like taking your time to get to know each other and mutually exchange information with genuine care and interest and taking your time to develop um, trust with this person and respect to this person, but also um, recognize that they have flaws and that you are flawed and that there has to be a communication um, before any before anything else and the ability to look for solutions when there when arguments arise in case they do and stuff like that but in the love bombing phase the problem with the love bombing phase is that everything is ideal and feels utopian like it feels like a paradise so perfect so ideal so flawless and so fast that Everything gets mixed up together. And with that quickness and with everything in between, there's the concept of lust in between and they will want to fuck you from the very first date or even third at most. They won't take time to be patient and analyze what happened and interpret and even self-reflect if they ever disrespected you in any way or, you know, kind of felt like they were moving in too fast with you or just wanting to start a relationship very, very fast, you know, it didn't matter. Just this whole thing was revolving around lust and seduction and physical and superficial uh, attractive uh, features and attraction and... It's only for the short-term pleasures again. So, I don't know if I explained it the right way or the wrong way. I hope I made sense at the end of the day. But what I'm trying to say is lust is a huge, huge thing with narcissists. Okay, and because usually... It would be very sexual very fast. And it's not even comfortable to be in that situation. I've been in that situation. And let me tell you, it's fucking gross and absolutely filled me with shame the whole time. Um, If you can go ahead and listen to the episode, um, I think it was dating. Being uh, Being in a romantic relationship with a narcissist. That's where I share a story time with one of my exes who turns out to be a full-on malignant narcissist. So if you're interested, please go ahead and listen to that episode. You'll enjoy. One thing I'd like to mention here is that he was overly sexual with me. And the idea that he was excessively horny around me And he constantly always talked about sexual topics, annoyed the fuck out of me, and just made me want to leave, made me want to leave the relationship, and made me want to not have any relationships that consist of talking about sexual topics and normalizing them all the time. So, if you're interested, please listen to that episode. You're very welcome to listen to it. Um, so, that's lust. Moving into sin number two, gluttony. Gluttony, huh? Gluten free! <laughs> oh god. Uh, so, basically, gluttony means overindulgence and overconsumption to the point of waste. To the point of fucking waste. If you can remember, I talked about hoarding and hoarding that narcissists do that becomes part of their lifestyle. And hoarding is this, is this gluttony, is this overconsumption and this overindulgence to the point of waste, okay? They hoard the stuff that they excessively bought before or should i say impulsively bought before and then it stays like that accumulated accumulating dust and freaking piling up and being there just sitting there in waste that's the that's the saddest thing about this whole thing really it's those stuff that keep piling up and accumulating to the point where they're not used anymore. But when you tell the narcissist or try to advise them or wake them up to the reality that there needs to be an event of declutter that must happen, you know what I'm saying? They will blame you and... Throw this wave of anger and rage over why you even think about advising them in the first place, and then it's your fault, so definitely gluteny plays a huge part um it can also revolve around overeating, and I don't know if you have ever had um or known or lived with a narcissist in your life but i don't know if you notice but narcissists generally especially when they get older they will have this tendency to overeat or even actually when they're young they'll overeat or pretend that they're in this strict uh regime i mean like diet And they will pretend that um, they're following it and they're being strict on themselves and they're eating gluten-free food. But then, when they go out or when they're shopping, um, (laughs) they'll be the first people to go ahead and buy a huge fucking meal. Even bigger than the one you're gonna get because they're fucking hungry. (laughs) Just stuffing themselves, which reminds me of Eric Cartman from South Park. I don't know if you know the series, but I freaking love the series. He's an overeater, an overeater who loves himself too much. An example of gluttony. Um, In the same context, these sinners can be slave to base basic stuff like appetite they can be slave to their own appetites and if you notice there are people who are overweight and proud and they're not even ashamed of what it is they do to their bodies heck they don't even care what people have to say or think or even doctors what they have to say and think no what matters is their own opinion and what they feed themselves every single hour of the day Gluttony distracts the sinner from the spiritual life because it focuses on the material stuff. Stuff that's definitely going to to the toilet by the end of the day, and stuff that's only going to harm you if you eat too much of it. Or, which basically ends up as waste, like we said earlier, If it's not in your body, then it's somewhere around your house, then you're being a hoarder, and you're good at it. Glutiny. Glutener. Number three, greed. Now, in this circle, or should I say, third degree of sin in the game, the interesting uh, concept art that was done in this game was people burning in hot, melted gold. And it's terrifying to listen to the screams of these people in agony and pain. But the look of it is is done in such a fantastic way to show and not only show but to emphasize and exaggerate the pain that sinners who are greedy um have to go through because of their greed painful greed also means avarice Always hungry for more. Never having satisfied with enough. Never being satisfied with enough. Did I talk about how it relates to the narcissist? Yeah, okay. I talked about how gluttony relates to the narcissist. I'm just making sure. Greed, okay, is another sin. Uh, It's the sin of excess. Too much of everything. Excessive love of money. And this particular sin has to do with the worship of money and why people who love themselves too much um, or generally speaking suffer from a cluster B personality disorder, I think most likely the narcissist will do this. Um, is that they have excessive love and attention and care for money that they will do whatever it takes to get more, never have enough with what they already have, and just always, always, always look for more. And more of what? Obviously, more of the materialistic stuff. More of the high-end clothes. More of the... Most expensive jewelry, more of the most expensive cars, more of the most expensive houses out there, more of everything and everything and just more. Greed. Um, the sin turns the sinner away from God by promoting self- selfishness and destroying charity. And anything that has to do with giving, giving away and generosity, and looking out for the poor, and giving a little of what you have to the poor. So it definitely turns the sinner away from God, only focuses on the materialistic stuff. This sin contributes to creating a preoccupation with acquisition and preservation of material things and possessions this sin blinds the sinner to the fact that material possessions such as gold are worthless compared to the everlasting rewards of heaven speaking of gold <laughs> oh god um it's a treasure that is never been sold and it's never gonna be sold and it's always gonna be buried, hidden, and staying there. It's been decades now. None of my family members have been wearing that gold, the gold jewelry that we have. Everybody's got married, obviously. Everyone, you know, so many members of the extended family. Already have children, already, and our family has gotten big enough, and it's too big <laughs> to even count, to even count the members. But what I'm trying to say is, um, for my nuclear family, what happened personally is that there's the, especially to my narc mom she loves to be preoccupied and preserve what she has what her and my enabling father have although my father is essentially against what she plots to do um but he she sort of never wants to let go of what she has as resources like the gold that we own and the land that we do have back in the capital because we live in another uh, city. So Um, but and now they want another farm. I don't even know how she plans to get a farm if she doesn't even want to sell the land because obviously we're not using it we haven't been using it for decades now and things have been the same for 20 years now as far as i know and as far as everything is concerned nothing has changed and yet still with the fake promises, in the future faking, and all the dreams, and showing how ambitious they are. (sighs) I mean, still, still very, very materialistic. And instead of even thinking for five seconds that somebody is actually in need of help and support, You know, because I already mentioned this before, I forgot which episode, but I already said, when your family is rich as fuck, and you have all the resources out there that you can be blessed with, except the fact that you cannot touch any of those resources, how would that feel? How would that feel? Like, seriously. Just think about it. You know, you have so many resources, so many things that allow you to get the fuck abroad and get a job and improve your life. You know, knowing that wherever you live doesn't provide uh, many opportunities, etc. So everybody went out and I mentioned this and I'm going to mention again. All of my three siblings are abroad and they're living just fine. Just fine. The thing is, they moved away, all three of them, almost at the same time. But when it came to me, and I'm the youngest, I'm 24, it's like I don't even have a voice. It's like I'm not even existing to them, even though I I asked them a few times, why did you bring me to this earth? If you wanted to abort me, why didn't you just get the chance to abort me instead of having me having the burden of taking responsibility over my demands and needs and wants, which you can't provide, by the way, and I don't blame you for that, because you were never um loved enough so you didn't love us equally obviously you know looking at the pattern we have i have a golden child sister a mascot a flying monkey and the scapegoat which is me looking at the patterns obviously this is a dysfunctional family and i'm not saying that i'm not grateful at all for Bringing me here and raising me, yes, I'm appreciative of that. The only thing they could provide was the basic stuff. They could not provide the emotional care and love. And unconditional love and affection that every single child in this world needs. Equally. But if I ever speak up or if I ever say something or show up as someone who's in need of a helping hand, then it's my fault for speaking up. And I remember this episode that Ollie Matthews published in his channel, Narcissistic Resistance. He, He talked about the narcissistic tree has poisonous fruits. And... That particular episode resonated so much with me. And, I mean, all, among so many other episodes, I watched so many of his videos, and he is brilliant in his analysis, but that particular episode resonated so much with me. um, And it shows you that you can't rely on the narcissistic tree of a narcissistic family because the fruits that it's going to bear are poisonous. Why are you eating from that tree when you know or assuming that those fruits are coming from a narcissistic tree? So obviously, they're going to be poisonous. But it looks like you're too addicted to, to that tree that you don't even care that those fruits are poisonous you just want to eat because you're starving and that's the point you know that's the point because when you reach out and ask for help from narcissists or a family with narcissistic dynamics you're dead like you you if you're not literally dead at least you're symbolically dead you're verbally dead with all the manipulation, the guilt trips, the enmeshment, the infantilization, the gaslighting, the cognitive dissonance, the stress, the anger, the frustration, everything. And then he concluded by saying you know you can't you can't rely on it anymore you have to 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 whoever to the anonymous person uh you have to rely on yourself and and here's the thing with narcissists with narcissists oh god uh You can't demand much from a narcissist because they're a narcissist. They're self-loving. Too much self-loving people, self-indulging people. They're greedy as fudge. And they are extremely, um how do we say, stingy. Yeah, extremely stingy with money and anything and everything that has to do with materialistic uh, possessions. They will not hesitate to ask for more because they want the best out of everything, clearly. Like when Eric Cartman wanted a bathroom for himself (laughs) in the school because he pretended to be a transgender Erica just to get a bathroom for himself. Which, by the way, ended up being shared by uh, Stan's girlfriend, who ended up being a male transgender. Oh shit, that episode is hilarious. What I'm trying to say is, narcissist always wants to get the best of everything, regardless of what everybody else has to think about they don't think of anybody else they don't have empathy so why the fuck do you even demand this? and i'm also blaming myself for this because i really i don't like doing this already okay because they're greedy they want everything but they don't want to give anything they want to take but never want to give you know it's Get take and not give, you know what I'm saying? And it's double standards with a narcissist. It's so annoying. Okay, so basically I'm gonna stop here for this episode. Um, this is the first part, by the way. Um, so basically, um, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next part.